Hey, Unnecessary Roughness listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. You know how I get ready for St. Paddy's Day? It's all about St. Practice Day because practice makes proper. Proper number 12 Irish whiskey is a rich and smooth blend of golden grain and single malt, aged four years in bourbon barrels. Or try Irish Apple, a delicious blend of Proper's award-winning Irish whiskey with crisp and fresh notes of Irish Apple. Join me for a proper St. Paddy's Day and find yourself some proper number 12 Irish whiskey. Pour the roar. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Comeback Season, the podcast presented by Barstool Sports. I'm Casey Smith, joined, as always, by Johnny Manziel and his agent, Eric Burkhart. And, folks, we've got a spicy episode this week. We've got some debates. We've got some arguments, even a little bit of name-calling. But, nevertheless, a really fun episode for you guys. We look back at the chaos in Week 7. We look ahead to the weekend that is college football. We do picks of the week, locks of the week, comebacks of the week. And we relive a little bromance between Johnny and EB back in Texas. And they give me a hard time about my newfound lifestyle and much, much more. And as always, Comeback Season is presented by Velveeta Shells and Cheese. We love Velveeta on this podcast. We can't talk about it enough. And if you're a fan of football and you aren't trying Velveeta Shells and Cheese, you're doing this all wrong. It's quick. It's easy. No additional ingredients are necessary. You literally just boil water. You cook the shells and you stir in that cheese sauce and you get the creamy, cheesy, melty, delicious snack on your game day, at your tailgate, whatever you may want, Velveeta Shells and Cheese has got it. And like I've mentioned, and I'm going to continue to mention it through October 31st, right now Velveeta Shells and Cheese is giving you an opportunity to win an all-inclusive trip for four to the SEC championship game and thousands of instant prizes as well. So if you go to liquidgoldsec.com, you'll get those details. You can enter to win an all-inclusive trip to the SEC championship game. And a reminder, you only have until Halloween to do this. So make sure you check out liquidgoldsec.com for those details. Get you some Velveeta shells and cheese. Get you some Velveeta queso. Whatever it takes. If you're not doing it, you're doing it wrong. And then go to liquidgoldsec.com. All right, so we're back here on the comeback season. It's almost week eight of football. Week seven of college football was absolute chaos. And I know everybody on this podcast had quite the weekend. Two of you guys big-timing me down in the state of Texas. I was in Ann Arbor. And, EB, I have to tell you, that tweet was cold-blooded. You send me a picture of you and Johnny asking where I am, knowing fully well that I could not make it down there. Well, we asked you. It was like we were all there, and Johnny was, was like, you know what we should do? Game. I mean, I mean, I had to do both. You, you, you could be there, but. I had to get on a plane at 10 a.m. on Friday because big-time Dave Portnoy had to speak at Michigan at, like, 2 p.m. on a class, and he was like, well, the plane's leaving at 10 a.m. So I would have not been able to make it. I hate to break it to you guys. Yeah, but you don't have to fly private, Casey. That is because you chose to be on the (laughs) Please. You could have been there with your boys. We could have done live press conference, live from the sideline. Where, by the way, your girl, Laura Rutledge, who was the sideline reporter for that game, me and Johnny were talking to her. Your name comes up, and that prompted the tweet. I'm like, she's like your best friend. She's like our <laughs> business partner. And she can't make it on for a Thursday game because she wants to jump on the PJ and live the bougie life, which I saw your pictures on the PJ. High top sneakers propped up. Like, we get it, Casey. Listen, get- I there is nobody on this podcast, for one, but nobody else that I would talk to that would be like, you know what? I think that I would be okay with flying commercial, missing out on a private jet, um, to come to Texas when I was invited the day before. You guys invited me the day before. It wasn't like this was well thought out. 
It's the way it works sometimes, Casey. I'm a, big, I'm a big last-minute guy on my plans. EB didn't believe I was going to be there until I actually walked uh, to the stadium. <laughs> nope, no I faith. Knew, I knew how bad Cliff wanted to see him. He's been promising Cliff to go to a game, and he hadn't been able to make it. And I told Cliff early in the week, I said, man, we might have a little surprise guest for you. So it was cool to see them get to embrace before the game. And Herb Street was down there, who Johnny's known a long time. And Coach Patterson and Cliff and, you know, just a, a good group down there. So I'll let you talk more about it, Johnny, but that was pretty cool to – Yeah, no, ran into Kenny Hill too. That's Kenny Hill, the yeah. former former yeah. A&M quarterback with me there, was is a coach at TCU now. Good to see him. Definitely good to see Herbie. You know, Herbie's the college football king right now. So, a guy knows his stuff. He knows what he's doing. It's fun to listen to him and what he thinks about college football because he's uh, – it's pretty smart. And then, you know, Cliff, there's a big win, a well-needed win that me and EB were rooting for there and got done in the fourth quarter. So, all in all, a good game, a better game than the old uh, Michigan-Wisconsin one for sure. Yeah, that's – I was about to say, like, you guys at least got a better football game. And I, I loved that game because, again, like, I like to rip on the Big 12. But when those games get exciting like that, like, they're really fun. It was a big win for Cliff. Uh, I just don't know what the hell's going on with TCU, and we'll talk about TCU – OU in a little bit, but I'm just shocked at how, they, how they've looked in the stadium, though, because obviously it was at TCU, whatever. Like, do you feel like TCU students care about this football team right now? Johnny, go ahead. It seems quiet to me. It's a new stadium. I mean, I, I like I like the atmosphere at TCU. Obviously, they're used to a uh, high level of, of success, not as much as they've been in the Big 12, but my friends that were at TCU that were there for the Rose Bowl years, that's a level of excitement that's definitely not at TCU right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I guess I just, that correlates a little bit with the winning, as you see around college football. It's not just there. Yeah, they had lost two in a row, and it was kind of a little bit of an early kick. I mean, I know it's a college town, but, you know, they, they were loud at times. I mean, it was there were times I looked down at Johnny on the sideline and said, okay, like, I can't really hear, you know. So it was empty a little bit, but they had lost two in a row, and they have been kind of banged up, and so I think – you know, I get it. Um, you know, fans in this microwave society we live on, it's very bandwagon. You lose one or two in a row, and they're calling for the coach's head, and they'll show up at halftime. So, you know how these college kids are. Yeah. What about you, Casey? Did you get, like, any, like, were, were all the frat guys, like, did you get any good signs at your game day setup? Y'all had a crowd out there. Yeah, so we actually, like, had a – I think I'm going to just go ahead and say it might not have been as big as game day's crowd, but it was a way better crowd because the people that come to our live shows, like they're there to party and they're there to actually have a lot of fun. So we had a really cool setup right outside of the big house and we had a, a, an actual house that the barstool people could watch games in all day. And all day, these people are coming by, like holding up barstool shirts and stuff in the windows, like wanting us to come out and whatever. And it was awesome because it was the first time I got to see really in person how crazy the barstool fans are. Like we were getting beers launched at us on. On stage we had Blake Griffin as our guest picker uh, to come in and he like assured that not only was Michigan going to win by like 200 plus he said that the Detroit basketball team this year that like, he assured an NBA championship so everybody in wow. everybody in Ann Arbor was like losing it um, but the only sign like there weren't very many signs that came there was more like beer bongs and just craziness like dizzy bats right. and stuff the only sign that came was one that was actually on game day as well and it was a big cat sign and it said big cat's back or alex hornybrook's arm is not as strong as big cat's back which is obviously like I a big shot that. and that was the only sign we needed at that point like big cat got booed he got just brutally <laughs> booed um but it was a blast it's ann arbor is awesome and I, I loved it but i mean big cat he had a really bad weekend and he's like over wisconsin right now because they looked horrible on saturday night let's talk about daily harvest 
And I'm on this podcast all the time talking about Daily Harvest because I'm absolutely obsessed with it. They deliver those perfectly portioned cups of the frozen organic fruits and vegetables directly to your door. I only have to add water or milk or whatever I want to my cup, and I blend it or heat it, and you just walk around the city with it. It's absolutely amazing. They've got protein shakes as well. They've got lunches. They've got breakfast. They've got smoothies. Every single thing to make your life easy. And I'm going to make it even easier because here on the comeback season, that's what we do. We give to the people what they need and want. So go to daily harvest.com and if you enter our promo code comeback you'll get three cups completely free in your first box that's promo code comeback for three completely free daily harvest cups at daily-harvest.com that's daily-harvest.com you won't regret it but i mean michigan looks like a really good football team and shea patterson i know johnny you're a big shea guy like i mean he's he's doing enough to make that football team look like really dangerous moving down the the rest of the schedule yeah, I think it's just funny how the college football landscape kind of shifts, you know, how what people are talking about and who they're talking about two, three weeks into the season and what things turn out to be six or seven weeks in because, you know, a month ago at this point, I'm not buying into Michigan whatsoever, especially after the, the I believe that was a Notre Dame game. So, mm-hmm. uh, nice little turnaround there. I think Jay's playing a lot better. And once you get in the system for a little bit, you start to get a chance to watch it play out in games. He's obviously getting more comfortable and playing well. So, you know, Michigan – is probably the only team that's going to be able to to really compete on that side now that Wisconsin's kind of out of it. Yeah, and this weekend was the the week. It happens every year. You never know exactly when it's going to be, but there's always one week in college football where things just start to unravel and shit starts to get crazy, and this past weekend was that. I mean, you had, like, four top ten teams lose. You got a lot of different shakeup, and like you mentioned, like Michigan's loss to Notre Dame with Notre Dame looking the way they are doesn't look as bad. And so now it's just like, what the hell are these standings even going to look like, which is why – the college football playoff committee doesn't even vote for like another month because it's like you can't figure this thing out right now. But Georgia losing was crazy to me. I mean, I, I, LSU is obviously a very good football team, but just the way that Georgia lost and how that team looked, I, I just didn't expect it to look as bad as it did for those guys. Yeah, LSU came to play, didn't they? They got after them. Good. Yeah, Go ahead, Johnny. I, I, think, I think you look, you look at a, you look at the Georgia offense that's been in big situations against good teams, played through the SEC not had a lot of hiccups throughout the past two years with this unit that they have. And uh, I think it was really surprising for them to go down that way. But like we always say to SEC and, and playing on either side of that conference and the teams that you have to play from the other division, there t- tends to always be madness every single year, no matter you know if it's, it's somebody at the top. But, you know, you watch teams turn around and beat teams they shouldn't the next week. And I think LSU is right back in the mix, obviously ranked mm-hmm. at number, number five right now and going into another game this week. LSU has Mississippi State. Yeah, let's go ahead and A and M still left on the schedule. Yeah, and that we talked about this last week on the podcast, and I think there's still the conversation moving through the season. Is you know Alabama is the cream of the crop right now. Whenever they start getting into the the harder part of their schedule, you're going to see. But it's just like underneath Alabama, especially now that Georgia's lost, it's like what the hell does the SEC look like? And it's not just the SEC that looks like that right now. It's the Pac-12. It's the Big 12. I mean, I think you can look at even the Big 10 and say, okay, there's Ohio State. Um, and then you've got everybody else kind of in the mix, a big game with Michigan and Michigan State this weekend. And then the ACC, Clemson has a big game this weekend <clears throat> against NC State. So every other conference seems it's kind of cannibalism right now, which is good. But I have no idea who the best teams in the country are at this point outside of Alabama. And you can even say Ohio State you don't know because you don't know how good this Michigan team is going to be when they play them. And by the way, let's not just because Georgia got beat pretty good by LSU. Let's not forget about Georgia. What we're talking about is how we overreact. That's what we do, EB. That's what we do. We overreact. 
And, and just like we did Michigan, and now they're sitting there in the top six or seven, and I think they're a damn good football team. I don't think anybody wants to play them. LSU, tough place to play. They bring their defense every week, and uh, I'm not going to write off Georgia just yet. I think I think they're still going to make a run at the playoffs here. They probably still do control their own destiny if they can make a run here. And a few other teams are going to lose that haven't yet. So it's going to be a fun finish here. And Florida, too. I mean, Florida did not look good in that first half against Vanderbilt. And we were watching that in the house. And, of course, it was a really bad beat for all the guys that are gambling, which they're all degenerate gamblers here. So they were just very upset at the end of that game. But my biggest takeaway from that was not only just the fight that was happening, because, I mean, that was like a huge fight. It was the fact that Derek Mason and um, the whole coaching staff for Vandy, like, ran over to the Florida sidelines. Like, I'm thinking, like, who is Dan Mullen going to end up fighting Derek Mason? Like, I really wanted to know who could win that fight. That's what I wanted to see. Ooh, that's a great question. Oh, man, give me, give me, uh, give me Mason. In a, in a, <laughs> yeah, in a he looks scrappy, doesn't he? Yeah, he's like tough. Dude, Mullen looks like a big dude. (laughs) Mullen is big, bro. Like, he's big as shit. Like, I don't know if it's just little sideline reporters or tiny. Um, And I think it was a male sideline reporter, if I recall, at that game. But Mullen was, like, towering over him at the end of the game because I was thinking the same thing. I was kind of sizing Mullen up, and he saw some fire in his eyes, and he was big. (laughs) I think Mullen, like, throws some haymakers. He looks like a good old country boy. Now Mason ain't gonna go down. He's one. He looks short, compact. We might have tough <laughs> and rowdy six. Is it coming up, Casey? Yeah, there you go, Eb. Let's bring, let's bring out the money bags, the barstool money bags, and try to set something up. That that could be a good fight there. I would take Dan Mullen. At the end of the day, I'm going with the going with the play caller at the power the power school I mean I I really was wanting to see that fight happen like I said when Derek Mason ran over there and he's got like his assistants running behind him I was like holy shit this is about to go down but I mean of course Florida ends up winning that game and that was just crazy but you look at this upcoming weekend guys and I don't know how we're doing on locks or how we're doing on our picks because I've just decided that I'm just not good at it I'm just not good at picking against the spread I think we actually did okay last week Pat did we did we do okay everybody oh we didn't do okay no we all (laughs) we all had Oregon though We all had Oregon. I remember that. That was a good pick. And I don't know. Johnny, I, I think you, one of y'all had LSU. I definitely had Which I definitely had Georgia. I had LSU. Yeah, Casey, you had LSU. And then what was our third one last week? Yeah, I, it's like it feels like it was 16 years well, ago. I, it's Wisconsin and Michigan, which I definitely took Wisconsin. So I went one, two on the week. Oh, it, Pat says we all took Michigan, but I don't Wisconsin, think that's true. Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, LSU, Washington, Oregon. Yeah, so it wasn't a – I mean, Johnny had a bad week, but he had a good week the week before. So that's just how this works. It evens out. And my locks were two and one. So oh. I finally lost a lock. I, I, I need to apologize for not going undefeated on the year to all the, the mortgages I'm paying out there, but I'm six and one. I thought you lost Good, weeks you know, ago. I thought I think you did, E B. No, on my locks. Oh, the <laughs> NC State game, right? The, I don't count that was bullshit. The bad the beat. Bullshit. That's a win. No, I chalked that up in my mind as a win. That was a win. I picked it correctly. Okay, you're right. I was two and one last week, though. I felt I feel good. West Virginia let me down, but my other two picks came through, so I'm still ahead. You know, I'm learning a lot of different things about all of us on this podcast together now, all the weeks that we've done it. But one thing I know that will oh, never shit. happen is nobody's ever going to let anybody live shit down on this podcast. Like you can't come through with like mm. things that are inaccurate because you're going to get blasted. It doesn't matter who it is. That's good, hundred percent. It's fair game. It is fair game. I'm. T- I mean, I feeling accountable and being held accountable is always a good thing. Eb, you lost your lock of the week well before this week. I would just like to point that out. But you're still paying mortgages. Paying mortgages, two and one last yeah, week. Think- I've got two. 
Two more big ones this week. We'll save that to the end. But speaking of losses, Johnny, I want to hear what you think about uh, Nick Bosa leaving Ohio State mid-year. It goes back to kind of one of our arguments that you adamantly thought for, you know, grandma, apple pie, American flags. They should stay in school, work for free, you know, kumbaya, church camp. Damn, E.V. What do you think? Um, I, I think it's the best decision for him. I think he knows he's going to be a top 10 pick. I think he's hurt right now, and the injury obviously comes into play. I was playing injured on the rest of the year ago when you have millions of dollars on the line at the end of the season. I mean, his brother's already in the NFL. He know, he has to have a sense of what it's like a little bit, and I think that's the right decision for him. So uh, I saw things that went back and forth between his, his guys and his teammates at Ohio State wishing him the best and having no issue with it. So uh, I'm good with it in his situation. Fellas, this is the perfect time to talk about movement watches. Big fan over here because not only do I like to wear them, I like to give them as gifts because the watches start at just $95 and at any department store, you're looking at four to 500 bucks for even just the most simple, good-looking watch. And movement is figured out by selling them online. They're able to cut out that middleman and retail markup, and they're giving you the best possible price on the classic designs, the quality construction, and styled minimalism that are movement watches. And listen, Christmas is coming up. It's birthday season. It's gift-giving season. You should buy something for the people that you love and for yourself. And you're going to get $15 off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash comeback. You go to mvmt.com and you put in our promo code COMEBACK, you're going to get 15% off and free shipping and free returns. You basically be losing money if you don't do it at this point. And whoever you're buying that watch for, whether it's you, whether it's your friends, your family, or your girlfriend or boyfriend, they're going to love you forever. mvmt.com slash COMEBACK. No rebuttal from you, EB? I'm like sitting here looking at you like waiting for you Just to smiling. have some I sort won. of rebuttal. I won because it happened. And now all of a sudden Johnny halfway through is like, oh, oh, well, because of his injury – well, I think the injury makes it obvious now, but I thought it was a no-brainer before. What about what about the Ed Olivers and all these other guys, Johnny, that aren't injured yet but will be in the last month and a half of the season, have nothing to play for? And by the way, Nick Bosa still has a lot to play for, a national championship. Can he get healthy by the Michigan game, play those guys one more time? And he's still making the move. So, again, I don't know if it's going to be a trend, but I could look at probably 10 guys in the country right now and go, why are you still going to go play this weekend? I mean, real talk. You know, just... A lot of our argument, a lot of our argument comes in as well, Eb, between guys who think they're going to be first-round picks, but they're not. Guys like Nick Bosa that leave school and do this early and then don't get drafted. That that's a, it... a, a situation we were talking about as well. Also, speaking about my situation and what I would have done and what I would have played for. That's not that's the fair. standard for that's everybody fair. around the country in college football. So. Is it about the injury or whatever it's about? No, this is his right decision. He is locked in to be a top 10 pick next year. That's life-changing money. Go do it. That's fair on, on your decision because you can only speak for you and vice versa. And I, and I get all that. But I think on the second, third, fourth round, guys, I, although it's not 30 to $35 million that Bosa will be looking at in terms of a signing bonus, it's still millions of dollars. And those guys can go from third, fourth round to undrafted if they have their own little abdominal hamstring ankle injury. So – I know that all the coaches and everybody else dangles the carrot of, well, go, it's week seven of your senior year or junior year. Go improve your draft stock in these last four, five, six games. That's a, I mean, that's a fallacy as well. I mean, yes, you can improve your draft stock. You can also hurt it just as bad, if not worse. So if you're a third, fourth round guy right now, I don't see how that's any different when you could lose not, not just the millions of dollars at the top, but even if Bosa had a serious injury, 
he's still going to go in the back end of the first round, right? And it's like, he's still going to get to live his dream and play NFL football and get a chance to prove himself on this level. A third, fourth, fifth round guy that can go out and be drafted and spend at minimum a couple years in the NFL, make a couple million dollars, get ahead in life, may not be able to do that if he gets hurt this last month of the college season. So Yeah, but EB, that's, that's, I- that's an agent talking, though, because you also have to look at how many – and I don't know this answer – from like you could tell me I'm completely wrong here but there's got to be a plenty of examples where guys even I mean Johnny won a Heisman trophy so he's going to be a different story but how many people across the country didn't even realize how good he was until he played on that national scale later on in the season so some of these guys that might be really good but they don't get the attention that they would have gotten that somebody like Johnny would have gotten for winning an award like you can't just say oh they're going to go in the fifth round whatever they can just sit it out because they're going to play NFL football they need to prove that they can be even better than the fifth round no, that's fair. A lot fair. of guys and don't even they, know. A lot of guys don't even know what their draft stock is. Don't and, and that's papers the papers you don't part. know. Like, a lot of yeah, guys have no idea how it works. That, that's the frustrating point for me because I do know as an agent because that's my job, and I talk to NFL personnel and scouts all day long about this kid here and this kid here and where he might go and his strengths and his weaknesses. And, again, that's why these college people need representation so that at least they can educate themselves on where they stand today. But the whole point is to keep these guys in the dark. Don't talk to agents. Families aren't allowed to do X, Y, and Z, so they just don't know. But I could call two kids right now and say, hey, I talked to five college scouting directors. You are not getting out of the third round. You're a top 100 pick. But your upside, no matter what you do the last month, is probably still the second round. I mean, so I hear what you guys are saying, and I'm not saying there's a a right or wrong answer for the kids. I just – I think the whole system, again, is broken, and I, I think they need to be educated more to know where they stand. I think you definitely think there's a right or wrong answer to this question. I mean, look, college kids should have agents. That's the right answer. And, and But, again, you guys think that every agent is going to tell every kid to come out of school early. I mean, I'm one that told Bradley Chubb the number five I thought five it was a written draft. rule somewhere that all agents are just, like, shady people. Exactly, because like that's the bullshit rule. That's the bullshit they fed you at Texas A&M and everywhere else. No, no, else. no, no, no. Don't throw A&M <laughs> under the bus. That's that's like a worldwide thought process, EB. Uh, <laughs> right, and it's wrong. Like it's sleazy. Wrong. That's that's. I mean, I'm not saying it's right. Yeah. I'm just saying that that's the thought process. Is that of course agents are going to push kids to to go into the pros early why? because why? because oh, they can make oh, more fucking money. What do you mean why? I've told th- three kids last week, and it's mid season. Like, don't even think about why. Why would I tell a kid to come out early? My compensation is directly tied to what they're going to make. I'm not so saying you it's you. I'm not saying it's you. I'm just saying that that's the probably the you overall. You sleazy. No, no, no. You I said there are, no, no, no. I said that is a stereotype. The, 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 the stereotype for agents, just like there's stereotypes about football players. And blondes. True. It's fair. Just like anybody else. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to have a Dave Portnoy moment right now, and I'm going to tell you about Sleazy. I pulled up. Oh, he's complimenting you, you, EB. I I love that, but I'm on one right now. Like, I put myself to one rep. I put myself to private. I racked up $178,000 in debt to build my company and to treat these guys and their families right. So, no, I'm not going to go to every kid and tell them they should come out because it's the right thing to do. That's Just like Dave Portnoy and Bill Barstool come out and saying, I'm going to take every bullshit story no. That's true. I, listen, I, I appreciate this. I appreciate your your being very angry because we all have the stereotypes. Like Johnny said, <laughs> football players. I'm a blonde. You know how many people tell me that the only reason I'm on camera and I'm on radio is because I have blonde hair and I'm young? That's bullshit. I feel you on that. But there is that stereotype, though, EB. 
I can admit but that that's a stereotype. Get, at least you get like a backdoor compliment in yours. You're like, yeah, you're on MTV because you're hot. Like, I don't <laughs> even get that. They're not like, they're not like, hey, EB, you're really, really, really smart, but you're still an agent, so therefore you're classified as sleazy. I don't even get that. They're just like, oh my gosh, the compliance woman at the school is like, holy shit, EB's behind the corner with a, a briefcase of cash. When like, it's just the most <laughs> absurd thing ever. I mean, I just, I sit down and I show kids what third round draft picks make in the NFL. And it's absurd what their signing bonus is. And it's damn near impossible to be a top 100 NFL draft pick. I'll stop. No, it's just these colleges act like, yeah, it's the whole sleaze thing. I have a real problem with it. I put myself to school. I got a master's. I got more degrees on my damn wall in here than I have jerseys hanging up. And all I do is work my ass off for these guys. Johnny's a testament of that. And for these schools and compliance directors. I'm definitely a testament like of it. However, for every good person there is an athlete and the greatest story, the Drew Breeses and Tom Brady's of the world, there's also people at the very bottom of that. So in anything you do, there's a high class of people and a low class of people. And unfortunately, for some of the people that play college football, they run into a low class of people who have nothing but dollar signs and trying to get the most out of a kid that doesn't know shit. So for every good That's agent fair. there is, there's equally a shitty one, as in anything else. That's fair. And, and like, and if I that. had a – everybody – Johnny, remember when I signed you? And everybody's like, oh, my God, what did he pay Johnny? Johnny, tell the people, I have never, did I ever give you one freaking dollar? Yeah, you gave me like 250 grand. <laughs> <laughs> do something about it, NCAA. Do something about it. That you, you, you just, you about, literally man. put that on a T for him, by the way. Like, as soon as you said that, I was like, he's going right. to take an opportunity to take a shot at you right now. Of course. Even when I was asking, I was like, Johnny just can't be, make me be the most honest guy in the world. It's like straight cash, <laughs> homie. And that the, the straight cash, homie, oh, at NCAA. Uh, well, to put a bow on this, like the Nick Bosa you thing. You want to know why I signed with you, EB? You yeah. You want to know why I signed with you? I signed with you because you were one of the only people that didn't offer my family and other people around me what an agent or what an agency could do for them or my family my, my my dad and brad and myself all met with people who wanted to hear how they could help me in my career and eb didn't offer anything there were people that offered all kinds of things but eb was the right person and still been that way what six years later too no thick regret. and thin you see that casey brick by gosh dang brick casey that's love that's our loyalty from, from the first round to the cfl and, and and back around again one day. There it That's is, it, man. Be there. If they, as I tell all the young bucks, if they'll pay to get you, if they'll cheat to get you, they'll cheat on you. There's some relationship advice built in. Ooh, so damn, you like man. that wisdom? It's, yeah, it's, and it's all, yeah. I mean, EB, you're just like throwing out all these like motivational things now. I mean, I who knew getting you fired up would end up with like great relationship advice? If they'll cheat on you or cheat with you, they'll cheat on you. If they'll cheat to get you, they'll treat on you every time. You know what, Casey? I've been in the city that doesn't sleep. I've been in your backyard, New York. Start, but didn't started. come see us. But didn't come see us. That's some bullshit. Hey, I had work to do. I had clients to go see. And, and you know what? That city did inspire me it's to, a, to just keep flowing. It's an inspirational city. I will say, like this last weekend, going to Ann Arbor on a private jet, that inspired me too because it's like, well, I can't go back to the real life. Now, now I know how you and Johnny feel. Like the two of you live this like lifestyle of lavish. Now I have to do it too. Not true. Again, I'm a grinder at the end of the day. I got a lot of Dave Portnoy in me. I was on a Southwest Airlines flight 6 a.m. this morning. Out of that it didn't sound dump. very good, Evie. No, it didn't. La it did not. LaGuardia? <laughs> that, that, air, what, that, that LaGuardia airport? I got bro, a that lot is, of Dave Portnoy no. in me. Quote it. <laughs> no. no, it's just I'm not scared to get on that Southwest flight and grind when I got two cases.
I was just waiting for Johnny to bring that up too. I was like, I can't be the one that makes like a sexual innuendo on this on this podcast. But. Oh, you're Pat, Wait. cut that part out. You like, got way too much Dave Boy Millionaire. <laughs> Yeah. I go to the East Coast, the Red Sox win a game or two, and I'm, like, quoting Dave. Like, please cut that out, Pat. Okay. Oh, Before we talk about football, speaking of the Red Sox, because this is a huge argument that's happening in this office. You, I'm assuming you guys watched the game uh, between the Astros and the Red Sox game three, correct? Did you guys watch it? Yeah, I saw it. Did that ball hit the wall? Do you know what I'm talking about? Did it hit the wall? Was it? <laughs> it hit the wall, 100% right? 100% hit the wall. It's, like, on film. It's hitting the wall. It's, been it's a- going in this it's an argument yeah, it's that's gone that just has not stopped because there are a lot of people that think it was a fair catch. And it's this will at the end of the day, that didn't matter because Jackie Bradley Jr. hit that grand slam and just completely buried the Astros anyways. But I mean, there's still arguments going on of whether or not that ball hit that panel. It's ridiculous. Like it, it'll never stop. People are legitimately saying that the ball did not hit the wall. Oh, yeah. You can see it hitting the wall in slow motion. Like it's not even a debate. Like whoever would say that is it hit the wall. Like it's a factual statement that it hit the wall. It's not up for debate anymore. I mean, it's just like anything here at one, like little detail gets harped on and that's what we're going to be harping on forever. Never mind the fact that it didn't matter in the end, but I, I actually thought you would say that it did not hit the wall. I don't know why I assumed that about you, EB, but that's what I assumed. <laughs> it's the agent. See, it's the whole agent argument. You're going to take the other side, no matter what the spin stereotype. Zone. You've got to let it go. Casey. I don't see you as a blonde anymore. I just see oh. you as an intelligent, very good at what you do, business partner. Oh, thank you. That's what it is. It's very, yeah, so very I don't know good. if that was sincere, EB. I'm being very sincere. Nothing but the truth today, guys. <laughs> it's October. It's about to be signing season for your boy. Things are about to crank up. I'm all business, Johnny, from here on out. By the way, speaking of it uh, being proud of you. Yeah, it being a, a big month, I turn the big 3-0 coming up soon, which I, I yeah. Big time. I know. By the end of October, I will be in my 30s, which is a wild thing to think about. I don't even want to talk about it right now. But. Put that on what the map, EB. What, what are we doing for your birthday? I will actually be in Jacksonville, Florida for the Georgia-Florida game. And Rough and Rowdy, like you mentioned, Rough and Rowdy's there. So we're going to be flying out to do all that craziness. I didn't think I'd be spending my 30th birthday in Jacksonville at a amateur boxing ring. But, hey, I mean, you know what? Like, <laughs> Life what, comes at you life come, hey, But at least I'll be taking a private jet to it. That's all I care about. Like, I don't give a shit where oh I'm going. Oh, my God. I, I'm taking She's that private done, jet. Bro. I'm, She's done, I'm done. Bro. In the same year. Yeah, I Twice mean, in the same month. Twice in the same month. Living that Johnny Manziel life. It's not my hey. – it's, it's, the difference is it's not my money. It's my boss's money, so I'm just going to, like, reap the benefits of it. Can't complain. I might have to I might have to make an appearance of that one. I've been wanting to go to Rough and Rowdy, and it looks like the funniest, most crazy <laughs> thing ever. And Jacksonville will not disappoint. No, got, it won't. No, it won't. But, um, yeah, that that's coming up next week. But for this week, and we've already talked about most of these games, we've got to make picks because we still are doing our season-long bets, and I don't know if we're actually going to be expected to pay up or not because it's really ugly right now. But of we got we to, are. What? I mean, I'm gonna if I lose, I'm going to be like, oh, no, no, this is a joke, right? I'm, I, I can't pay you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to keep track. It's not been great this season, but this is like the start. I This is the start where we're all making a comeback. That's what I'm going to decide. We're all making a comeback here. So we've already talked about all three of these games that we're going to look at. The comeback the of the week is our picks. Yes. The comeback of the week is our picks. <laughs> That's, That's good. Is us That's good. looking like we can actually pick against the spread uh, and do well with it. So the Michigan-Michigan State game, Michigan State obviously like – surprising everybody and beating Penn State last week. I could not believe Penn State lost to Michigan State because they are not good this year. Michigan is favored by seven 
at this point. So who are you guys going to take on that, Michigan or Michigan State? You want to go first on this one, Johnny, or next one? I'll, I'll go first. I'm going to I'm gonna roll with my guy. I'm going to roll with Michigan. I think they're coming off a win where they're playing really well and starting to get on a little bit of a run. Uh, I haven't seen anything in Michigan State to, to think that they'll, you know, be able to really slow them down. But for the most part, this is always a, a duke it out type of game. So, um, you know, I think it'll be a good one, but I think uh, Michigan still pulls it out. Casey. Uh, I'm going to go with Michigan as well. And obviously, like, I'm on the Ann Arbor high right now as it is anyways. But the one thing about Shea Patterson that I really like is that he doesn't have to have, like, crazy numbers. I mean, I don't think he threw for more than, like, 130 yards last week. It's he's doing just enough to make this team really good. Their defense is great. But the biggest thing for me is that I just don't think Michigan State can pull off the upsets in back-to-back weeks because I just don't think that this D'Antonio team is that good. So even if Michigan didn't look as good as they did last week against Wisconsin, I just don't think that Sparty can do it two weeks in a row. So I'm taking Michigan. Yeah, I figure y'all both would. The spread is, what, seven, I think? Mm-hmm. That's too many points in this game. So Michigan, look, they're coming off. They murdered Wisconsin. Game day's there. Barstool's there. Casey's there. The whole thing. Uh, They're back in the top ten feeling great about themselves. To quote Mike Leach, our guest last week, all the players are feeling good about themselves because their fat little girlfriends have been telling them how great they are. (laughs) Love that reference, EB. Love that that. reference, yes. You know, they're pounding their chest. They're feeling good. Portnoy's been speaking on campus. I think that's way too many points to travel to Michigan State. Everybody gave up on them. Mike D'Antonio coach team will always be ready. Huge in-state rivals. They beat, they won at Happy Valley last week at Penn State. I think Michigan can pull this game out late, but they won't cover the seven. So give me Michigan State and the points. Johnny, I need to get you a Shea Magic shirt. Have you seen those shirts that Dave's been rocking? Send them my way. Send them, yeah. It's like uh, people in Michigan all over the place are wearing these Shea Magic shirts, and Dave swears that he did that. So we'll get you one. We're riding with Michigan. I, I just don't think Michigan State's good enough, EB, but we'll see. We'll see if you're right on that one. The next game, Mississippi State, LSU. Mississippi State beating Auburn. Auburn stinks. I don't. I, I said before the season I thought Jared Sidham could be like a dark horse Heisman candidate. I have no idea what the hell is going on with Auburn. Like, there's a GoFundMe right now of people trying to buy Gus Malzahn out of his massive extension that he signed. And then, of course, LSU, like we talked about earlier, beating Georgia. Not just beating them, just like destroying Georgia. LSU favored by six and a half. EB, you have to go first on this one. Yeah, I saw seven on this, so it's a big half a point or whatnot. But I think um, everybody, again, LSU is the greatest thing since sliced bread right now. They put it on Georgia big time. Their quarterback's playing really well, which they never have a quarterback. Everybody knows how good their their defense is with some of those playmakers they have. But I'm going to go Mississippi State in the points here. They're coming off a bye week. I think Mississippi State has the best offensive line in the whole country. They got three or four dogs up front. And, you know, I think I like their new coaching staff, the old OC from Penn State, who did a lot of good stuff there the last couple years. Give any good coach an extra bye week, and he'll draw enough up to get it done. So I think seven is too many points. I think Mississippi State could actually win the game outright as well behind their offensive line, mash that big quarterback in there with a bunch of QB power, and kind of win the same way they have been all year and get a big win on the road. So I'm going to take the Bulldogs. Johnny? I'm going to take Mississippi State as well. I like LSU, but I think this is one of those games where you're going to start seeing people and the SEC start to slip a little bit, and these games with some point spreads are going to get – um, are going to get a little bit closer than what people think. So uh, I like Mississippi mm. State, but I'm a big Nick Fitzgerald guy. I've, I've liked him since over the last couple of years he's been playing. He's a, one of the all-time SEC quarterback leading rushers in the history of the league. I think you know, he's going to be able to run around a little bit, and I think, uh, I think Mississippi State gets it done. 
I, I like Nick, Nick Fitzgerald, too. I mean, when he when I was still working for the SEC Network, he was coming up behind Dak Prescott, and everybody was high on him then, and I know he struggled a little bit this year. But, I mean, Mississippi State making that comeback, I mean, they looked really bad a few weeks ago. But I just I have to take LSU here, and I, not just because I think that they're just a more talented team, just because I really think that like what they have with Joe Burrow is a really good quarterback in a situation where he doesn't have to do everything. Obviously, DBU over there, their secondary is un real Mm -hmm. and the only shot that I think Mississippi State does have is that they if they run the ball on LSU like Florida did that could be pretty dangerous Mm -hmm. but I just this LSU team is just incredibly talented and I think that you know they slipped up I don't think they're going to do it again and even though it's a touchdown I still am going to take LSU just because I I'm totally buying back into them and Coach O I just really like Coach O and I like when they win because when Coach O is in front of a mic everybody gets happy that's just the way this works around here yeah it's a night game at Tiger Stadium that's kind of the only thing that scares me but Baton yeah, I think Rouge. you're right. I think, Crazy. Yeah. I think that's the way Mississippi State has to win this game. They have to pound. They cannot turn the ball over. Um, and, and I think their defense is underrated, too. I think they're really good up front as well. So right. we'll and see like, what happens. And, so, and with Joe Burrow and Johnny, I'm interested in what you think. Like, Joe Burrow is not, like, some great quarterback that could just go anywhere and play uh, and just be a game changer. But in what he's doing at LSU, he's a good quarterback for this system. And that's really what they've needed in the last couple of years. And it's not going to be perfect because he's not, you know, like a Tua-type guy. But for what the Tigers are trying to do and what Coach O is trying to do, Joe Burrow seems to be a pretty good fit there. Absolutely. I think he's doing exactly what they need to be, like they need to be doing with him. I think they're just not – still have always rely on their run game. They play good enough defense to where they most of the time stay into every game. But he's doing his job, and he's, he's playing well, and they're, and they're obviously still in the hunt. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. And then another quarterback that we – Love Coach O, though. I'm oh. a big Coach O guy. I think, like you said, anytime he comes on the mic, he's absolutely hilarious. He's gold. But, um, you know, I, I do like Mississippi State in this one. He is LSU. He is Louisiana. Like, you can't get a guy that's m- more LSU than Coach O. So, another quarter. Is, uh, I, oh. say we pick, I say we pick the, uh, the NC State game as well. Since we, are, we already do it on the dock. We'll pick four this week. Okay. Pat, mark that down. We're going we're gonna to pick four. Okay, so NC State, Clemson. And the ACC, I have, I mean, just, I feel like Clemson can just walk through that. I mean, this is, if they can get past NC State in this game, I mean, it's just a lockup for me, in my opinion. Um Trevor Lawrence, obviously a big name. Uh, I'm going to take Clemson. I don't know what the spread is. Does anybody know what the line is on this? 17 and a half. Oh, damn. 17 and a damn. half. Damn. Yes. Okay, so I, do I have to go first this one, I guess? <laughs> damn. You just did, so keep it rolling. I mean, I, I, 17 and a half is a lot. I'm going to take NC State to cover Clemson to win. That's what I'm going to go with because I think Clemson's a better team. I think, obviously, they're more talented. But NC State, I mean, they're they're looking pretty damn good for that conference as well. But I I think 17-and-a-half is wildly too many for a game like that. Mortgages, mortgages, mortgages. Your lead pipe lock, is this it? Mortgages. Put it down. Go to your nearest bank. Cut the money out from your mattress and run and bankrupt your bookie this week. NC State, I've had them a few locks this year. I'm riding with them. My boy Bradley Chubb, Jalen Samuels, alma mater, so I follow these guys. They're really good on offense. Got a quarterback that's going to get drafted pretty high. They got three wide receivers. I think Clemson's secondary isn't very good. They're good up front. They need to get some heat on Finley, the quarterback. Um, But, man, I think NC State will cover the 17-and-a-half. I love that. Lead pipe lock. Lock it down. For all you guys, you big boys out there with the big boy mortgages, don't be scared to go money line. <laughs> wolf, wolf pack money line for the big boy mortgage. 
I don't even know what the money line is, but I really do think NC State could outright win this game. They're coming off a bye week. Two weeks before that, their West Virginia game was canceled due to the hurricane, so they're they're not banged up at all. They're very healthy. Their defense is playing better than anybody thought they would. Um, Clemson always struggles. I know they struggled a couple weeks ago with Syracuse. NC State outplayed these guys last year at NC State. I was at the game. Um, so 17 and a half is just way too many points. But I, I think NC State could actually pull the outright upset in this game. So I'm taking the Wolfpack to ride. Johnny. Just because both of you guys took the Wolfpack, I'm going to take Clemson. I, I, I'm just going <laughs> to go with the players. There is no Bradley Chubb. There's no Bradley Chubb this year on NC State side. So go ahead and chop me up to, to the team with the D-line and, uh, and, and give me Clemson. Okay. And I, a blowout. Well, ooh. Yeah, I mean, it blow out. I it mean, needs to be. It needs to be if you're going to win the pick because 17 and a half. <laughs> my God. That's like, I love right, playing we'll this. Like, we'll, see if it's, we'll see if it's such a sure thing. Yeah, we will see. I'm sure there will be a lot of text being fired around during that game. I can imagine that because that's we love 100%. to talk shit to each other. And speaking of, we can talk about the game that the most, I think the most uh, shit talking has happened between the three of us during the OU Texas game a few weeks ago. So OU playing TCU. You guys saw TCU in person Last week, we talked about it. They're not great this year. They're kind of let down. And then OU hasn't played. They had a bye week, fired their defensive coordinator after that Texas game. They're favored by nine. And, I mean, I feel like this is one of those games in the Big 12. It's like right now, because West Virginia lost, like you mentioned, DB. Obviously, Texas lost earlier in the season to Maryland. OU has that loss. Like, I have no idea who the best team in the Big 12 is either because there's just so many question marks. If OU can come in and take care of TCU, even though they're not that great right now, if they can blow them out, then I think you look at Texas and OU and say, okay, that Big 12 championship is going to look pretty pretty exciting and interesting. Texas Tech controls their own destiny. Let me just put that out there real okay. quick. Okay, and Texas I, – I, my bad for not mentioning Texas Tech because, yes, they do, and Cliff's team is looking good. So that's my bad for leaving them out. All good. All good. I'm going uh, in this game. Man, a huge part of me wants to take TCU and the nine points here. But, again, OU's coming off that bye. I think that's a really big advantage for Lincoln Riley and his guys. Coming off an emotional loss from Texas, uh, like you said, fired their D coordinator. I think, I think they're going to get it rolling this week. I would take TCU in the points, but I'm not sure their quarterback is right. He's coming off that that brutally uh, that brutal game against Texas Tech where it was a slugfest, and he didn't look right to me. Sean Robinson, TCU's quarterback, he's really talented, going to be a really good player. I don't think they're completely healthy. So for that reason, give me the Sooners at home to cover. Yeah, I think OU's still the team in the Big 12 that we thought they were at the beginning of the season. I don't think a rivalry game and coming down the way it did is enough for me to lose faith in Oklahoma I think they got beat in a game that was really a good game and could have gone either way and you know, they still have the rest of their schedule where you know you expect them to win the games that they're in so I, I don't think this changes anything uh, me and EB were at the game last week I think their quarterback is a little bit banged up he didn't look like himself on, on a lot of throws and uh, I think OU still the team in the Big 12 that everybody thought they were a team that's still going to get back and try and you know climb their way back into things. I agree. I mean, let's go across the board. Let's all take OU because I'm a broken record here. I just I really like Kyler Murray. He's not been perfect, but I, I think he's the best quarterback by far in that league. And I, I still think that OU is the team in the Big 12. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Texas, but like you mentioned, Johnny, those rivalry games, anything can happen in those. I mean, that's why you look at even Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan's a better football team, but you never know what's going to happen in games like that. But I just think, I mean, OU's by far the better team than TCU, so I'll take OU and the points. And I'm I'm thinking Kyler's going to go off because I think that that game against Texas, you know, he made a few of those mistakes that just really hurt them. And uh, you, you don't come 
out of an emotional loss like that and just kind of play. Like you're gonna just absolutely ball out. Free no, show. I, I agree. Get back on the field for sure. Definitely itching to get back on the field, come back and try and avenge that. Just the way he is and the way that he plays, you know, they didn't play perfect in that Texas game. Uh, when it turns out the way their defense played, they probably needed to be. So I think it'll be a, a good bounce back game for them and they'll win the handle. So we already did a, some of the comebacks of the week is our picks. Like we need to have a comeback, all of us, because we stink right now. Any other comeback of the week as we go into week eight of college football? You got one, Johnny? Yeah, I thought this is what you, you didn't have one last week. So you have one now. <laughs> Well, my comeback of the week was our pick, so I've got one more lead pipe lock. So I, we haven't even got one more. I'm going two again this week. I love the Texas Tech Red, Red Raiders, Johnny, again. They're playing They're playing Kansas at home. Your boy David Beatty, who Cliff once hired on that Texas A&M staff, embattled David Beatty, just fired one of his best friends, offensive coordinator Doug Meacham last week. Kansas is a mess. That dude may not make it through the season himself. Cliff is 18-point favorites against Kansas. I think his freshman quarterback's going to be back, I hope. And uh, Texas Tech mortgages. There's my comeback of the week. You would roll in a comeback of the week with your lead pipe lock. That would just That's a total EB thing to do. I'm giving the people what they want. <laughs> uh, I already mentioned my, my second comeback of the week as well, but I'm going to go with Big Cat. And for those out there that are listening to this that don't know Barstool Sports, A, you're living your life wrong, and B, like get on it right now because – Dan Katz, pardon my take, hosts like one of the best podcasts out there, the number one in the world, whatever, all the accolades. He had a horrible week last week. I mean, Wisconsin absolutely embarrassed him. He got in the car on the way to the airport on Sunday morning and said, I am done with everything Wisconsin football for this year. They're chicken shit. They quit. He even set an alarm for himself when he was drunk. He said, that, he said do not get sucked back into liking Wisconsin this year. They don't deserve your fandom. And then the Bears <laughs> lost. So he needs a huge comeback of the week. Like, I'm doing the one where who needs it. And Dan Katz, pardon my take, he needs one in a bad way because he's decided that he hates football this week, and you hate to see that. It's great. Yes. Well, Johnny, you got Cat one? Comeback. Uh, what's, good for, uh, what's good for Big Cat is big for me. There you go. Well, I've got, I've got another one. My, my comeback of the week, too, was <laughs> Johnny Football. I've got another one. Johnny Football coming back to Texas this week. So we had a great night Thursday, went to Cliff's game. We're hugging him after the game, et cetera. And then Johnny, I I'm up in my, my house slash office movie room watching all my clients on Sunday, and Johnny pops over to the crib. Didn't even text. He's only been over to my new house like one time. He found my house out in the suburbs, came all the way out to see me and my kids. And as my, my son calls him, Johnny Man Football. Said Johnny Man Football's here, so my comeback of the week is Johnny coming to see me watching my boys uh, on Sunday win NFL Defensive Player of the Week. So Johnny back in Texas, comeback of the week. Appreciate the love, brother. Yeah, it was good. We we got a chance to to throw the football around in the living room uh, a little bit. It was good to see. EB's got such a great family. It just kind of popped up. I was getting ready to wait for my flight to come back to Montreal. I'm like, I have a half a day to kill, and I go watch some uh, some football with my my. One of my best friends, man. God, you be you are my best friend. We made up some Velveeta shells and cheese. Thank you, John. I don't mean to like Ooh, jump over, but we, we had the Velveeta rocking. When my boy was NFL Defensive Player of the Week. Casey and Chubb was also. Uh, have you ever dipped a Popeyes chicken strip in in, a, in Velveeta shells and cheese? Anybody? No, I haven't. It's delicious. <laughs> we have now. It's got to be the spicy chicken strip, though. Spicy chicken strip. See, I like to pour. I like to pour Frank's hot sauce in my Velveeta shells and cheese. Like you put like a just and not then even dip your chicken tender in it. Okay. I mean, it's I'm going to have to do this now. Like people are going to look at me like I'm crazy in this office, but I'm going to do it and then call it the Johnny Manziel special. Very Texas. 
I mean, we eat a lot down there. That that is a hundred percent fact. Like we eat probably way too much in the state of Texas. I am living proof of that. <laughs> As you drink your water, I got cup. five times in three days. There you go. And I'm drinking and out I, of. I had two two Whataburger runs. Damn, I'm uh, jealous. Five Mexican food restaurants. I'm so jealous. Like I legitimately drink out of a oh, Whataburger. What do you mean, Casey? Why don't you just walk around the corner and go to your nearest Whataburger? Yeah, you know that they don't have them. That's hateful. <laughs> That's just hateful. <laughs> that is just you hateful. You had chimneys too, Johnny. Johnny, we had chimneys at the tailgate too. That was no big. That's we did. Went through it back to chimneys at the uh, at the tailgate for a little bit. Good day. Good weekend. I can't wait to see what this next weekend and week has in score. There you go. It's another big weekend, and we're going to all look forward to potentially all being together in Texas. Life's soon. good on the Comeback Season podcast, everyone. Life's good. Life is very good. Love. We will catch up next week. Good luck on your picks this week, guys. Uh, we all need it. That's for damn sure. And um, I'm sure the text message chain will be off the chain. I didn't really mean to say that, but that's just the way it came out of my mouth. So you guys have a good week. Later. It's better than saying Dave Portnoy is inside you. <laughs> <laughs> Evie, that was we'll tough. That Pat, was tough. Cut that out, Pat. Pat's gonna get that for me. Yeah, Pat's yeah, he will. <laughs> NC State, him. Texas Tech. I'll get him right on that, Eb. You got my word. I'll get him right <laughs> oh on that. <laughs> All right, love you guys. Later. Later. Later guys. All right. Well, Johnny and Eb are gone, but before I let you go, I've got one more deal to give you guys because that's what we do here on Comeback Season, the podcast. We give the people what they want, and that's good deals. So let's talk about Dollar Shave Club. Everybody at Barstool is absolutely obsessed with them. They've been with us for a long time because they give us everything that we need to look, feel, and smell our absolute best. And they have a new program where they automatically keep those things coming to you. Everything that you need to look, smell, and feel your best, they're going to keep you stocked up on those products because that's what they do. They want to make your life easier. And right now, they're going to make it even easier. They've got a bunch of starter sets that you can try for just $5, like their new oral care kit. After that, they restock box ships regular size products at a regular price. So what are you waiting for? Get your starter set for just $5 right now at dollarshaveclub.com slash comeback. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash comeback. Look, feel, smell your best. You won't regret it.